Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And the Bulldog. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Monday, Tuesday, hump day is halfway. It's Mike Shope. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> and the Bulldog. Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Guess what today is. It's Hump Day. Woo-hoo! On WGR. Hump Day! Sports Radio 550. Hi there. Love Combine Week. This was another one where I've really changed. I'm not sure it's for the better. I could think of a couple of things where I would definitely say for the better and others not. But having the level of interest that I have in life in things like the NFL Combine be much greater than it used to be when I used to look down on it. In one sense, it feels kind of lonely, but in another, it feels like more free. And, you know, sure, if if this is your thing, great. And I like a lot about it. I like how newsy it is. You know, today, you've got most teams even maybe telling you something about their plans or like right there, Zach Wilson, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Sneed of the Chiefs, MVS, lots of stuff comes out of the Combine and I certainly uh, love stuff. So we will focus on that a lot today. Sal will be on at 4. Chris Trapasso, who will make, again this year, weekly visits to our show to talk about the draft. Uh, of course, connected. That'll that'll be today at uh, 5. Bulldog is out. Hope to have him back tomorrow. Which is a little, I don't know, not good, of course. But we lost Chuck Dickerson. And... As you may know, I worked with him. In fact, where I am sitting right now, like he would sit right across from me, like five feet away. I could, we could shake hands if I, you know, if you wanted to. He didn't always, uh, it wasn't always the type to want to do that, but you know, neither am I. Um, we could, we could shake hands from where he would sit and I would sit in this room. And in no way is this depressing, by the way. Uh, that would have been, in 2002, it was only 
I think like not even six months. But Chuck died. I got the news last night, and maybe you knew this. Some of you are probably too young to know who he is. Um, he was many things. <laughs> he he was uh, an absolute megastar in this job. Like he redefined it. Even like on, on a national level, Chuck, who had just come off being a Bills assistant coach, a life in football, got into radio and I mean, I, I don't need to tell anybody who used to listen to him just how original he was and controversial uh, he could be. I got to know him, of course. We worked together every day uh, pretty well. We never – I'm just going to – I don't know why I want to say this because I want everybody to always assume this from me. But everything I'm going to tell you today is completely genuine, the way I remember it, real – it's 20 years or more, and I'm going to remember, everybody would remember things a little bit differently after that amount of time. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about Chuck in, in many years, but um, otherwise, like I, I want to talk about him and that experience um, and give you, those, especially those of you who were fans of his, um, a window here, like the, most of the first hour, to, uh, to remember Chuck. Coach. Um, this is really interesting to me because, again, it's been a long time since I've really thought about those days. Um, but a, a few a few memories. And, and I remember him very fondly. Like, we could not have been more different. I think that was the point. <laughs> that, that was the point of having us team up, that we could not have been more different. Like, he, he was a Marine. I was a mathlete. <laughs> I just, like, we could not have been more different. He was kind of like my grandpa to me in, in certain ways. Like he, he would, when we would be together, uh, like we would talk an hour or two before every show, every day. And a lot of that conversation would not, would be about life. It would not be about, uh, you know, the, that week's Bills game or something. And very little ever was about doing radio because we just had such different styles. I was very young then and I learned a lot from him though. Um, how he interacted with people was really, I was always really impressed with that. Like he had a, such a way, this is something that I've never been, you know, as I see, think of myself good at, but just very comfortable around people he didn't know and welcoming, you know, big teddy bear type, big guy. And, um, he had so many fans and I would tell you, I was always kind of jealous of that. Like he just built this huge following in Buffalo. He was as big as it gets in the city. And so WGR called me away from my then employer at Adelphia. I was competing with Chuck afternoons in Buffalo and I wanted to work at ESPN. And and my I liked many things about my other job and I liked many things about this opportunity, but it was very hard for me because I was giving up um certain, you know, goodwill. I mean, Chuck had legions of fans, but he also had many critics who thought he was, you know, unfair to the bills and, uh, just went too far. And I think I had some early success because I was just not here for that, or maybe kind of afraid to do it, you know, like that he had, he had a status already where as an assistant coach, 
if he was going to be good at communicating, which of course he was, you know, he, he was already sort of, he had a, he would have had a, I say would have, he would have had a, um, amount of freedom there that, you know, Hey, and he's much older. He was 30, I think he was 86 when he died. So he would be 34 older. He was 34 years older than me, you know, just different stage of life. I'm trying to make it. And, you know, I would, I was liking what I was doing, but I wasn't really like taking many chances. And I mean, Chuck was all about that. So I, I wanted to work at ESPN. This was a, a way to, to get there uh, because WGR said, you know, that that was where ESPN radio was. And, you know, that was something I certainly could pursue. They had already tried to get me and I was, you know, prohibited from doing it because it was the competition, which I understood. I didn't agree with it, but I understood it. So I come over here I you know, <laughs> uh, it was kind of a controversial move. And now it was like this cognitive dissonance was going to happen because you know how I am, maybe. And Chuck was just like the complete opposite, you know, stage of life, style, every, everything. And, um, you know, how, so how was this going to go? And Tim Wenger, who is still here, uh, oversees the whole uh, cluster of radio stations here at Odyssey in Buffalo, had... Chuck and myself over to his house. That's where we met. It was maybe a week before we were starting to to do our show together. And I had never met him. I had seen him once. And it's my favorite Chuck story. But I'm going to save it. So I had met him for the first time. And Tim and Greg Reed then, who was with us, um, were both telling me he's he's totally up for this. You know, he, he doesn't... Maybe he wants to have a little bit less work to do and he's ready to have a partner and he knows who you are. And like, they're telling me all this, like, you know, Chuck is excited to work with you. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm barely meeting these people. Like, I don't know just what to believe. And he was kind of already kind of a legend. So I was there first. He showed up in the driveway, get up, shake hands, big bear hug from Chuck, right? I'm never a hugger. And like, okay, <laughs> this is my new, this is my new professional life. I was 30. And um, you know, he was just he was just great. As far as he welcoming me and um giving me room to do what I wanted to do in here. Uh anyway, there there were a couple of times when he got hot at me. <laughs> there, there were a couple times that I remember very well where I was a little bit, you know, shaken by it. Um, I didn't cower to him, but he had a temper and he let me know it a couple of times. I remember two examples. One was, so there's kind of a famous Bills game from 2002. That was our season working together. It was a very interesting season. The Bills lit up the scoreboard for most of the first two thirds of the season. And then they, then they kind of cooled off, but I think they went nine and seven. It was Bledsoe's first year and it was a very exciting season. So a great season for us to be working together. And at week two, they went, they went to Minnesota. They lost to the jets in week one in overtime. What a season this was. They, they, they win in Minnesota, Mike Hollis off the crossbar banks it in for a field goal in overtime, win a high scoring game. I remember we we sat down like we always would in his office the next day, and there must have been, I don't remember the 
situation, but there must have been some decision, <laughs> which I came to sort of make my kind of pet topic, fourth down. And there must have been uh, some decision that was made in this game, and we, we he disagreed, went back and forth on it. You know, basically, just for the purposes of, we're going to talk about this later, and I think I said something like, well, this is this is where I get into trouble. I, I said something like, well, you'd have to do this, though. And he pounded his fist on his on his desk, and he's like, don't tell me what you have to do. You, It's a decision. It's a choice. Don't tell me how it works. And he got up, and I'm just sort of, I just did it. But falling back in my chair, like, okay, you're right. You're right. I mean, I felt I was right about what I was saying, but, you you know, I get in trouble with the words sometimes. So um, I remember that, like, I was just, like, a little bit afraid. And because we were still pretty new. And then there was another time when, like, so Chuck, would he would take liberties. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of you remember all of this, you know, maybe even better than me, because I, I wasn't really a listener of his before I got to work with him at all. Uh, but he would take liberties uh, with some of the people, like Marv Levy, Tom Donahoe, and, you know, probably Darcy, you know, like he would, he would push hard to the point where, like, nobody wanted to work with, like, th- th- they cut off access. When I got here, I had become pretty close with Donahoe. And I got here, and Donahoe and Darcy both, Darcy Regeer both said, no, that's done. <laughs> like, you're over there now. That's that's done. I had them together in, in a on, for a little forum that I put together at my old place that I was really excited about. Like, this was really cool stuff, talking to the two general managers about how their jobs are the same and different. And then I came over here. I'm like, you know, that's not going to – this is going to be different now. Like, they're not even going to talk to me. And so Chuck would call Donahoe Donahue to be, you know, to tweak him. And I'm, this is surreal because I was sitting literally right – I feel like maybe the chairs were different. The carpet definitely is not different. I'm not sure this carpet came up in 2002 like it has for the last decade or so right under my feet. But I'm, I'm sitting right here, and it was the first segment of the show just like this. And the Bills probably had done something he didn't like. Maybe they lost a couple games, and he went into his Donahue thing to make fun of Donahoe. I'm like – I said something like, don't do that. Come on. Let's get the name right, at least. On the air. Like, I was starting to feel feel a little bit, you know, more confident, I guess. And we went right to commercial. I think I was the one taking us in and out of that show. I'm not even sure. But went right to commercial, and he was furious. He's like, don't show me up like that. Don't. I mean, just he was, he also, just like the other story, I feel like, you know, he was probably right. Um but I didn't really want that. You know, I don't think you need that. So, again, obviously, to anybody who ever listened to us, very different approaches and, um, and, and philosophies about all this. The story, and I, I remember telling him, it was probably at Tim's house, that first meeting, uh, telling him about this, and he never minded it. Like, he, he laughed at this because it's him. The, the first and only time I'd ever seen him, Chuck Dickerson, before we met that day to start working together in 2002, was on Radio Row the previous year in New Orleans. And that was my first 
year, right? So like I'm sort of blown away. I'm actually at this. And that year, I don't know why, maybe because my station was sort of brand new. I don't know why it would have been in WGR's case, but they put us both upstairs. Like the the radio row, it's just as you can probably have seen or could imagine, it's just rows of radio stations, you know, in, in lined up in a huge convention center all broadcasting to their their home cities. That's how it was every other year. Chuck and I went together. It's one of the last shows we ever did. Would have been the Super Bowl uh, the week before Oakland and Tampa Bay in San Diego. And remember I remember very well the guests we had that week and it was really fun. The the year before that, we were adversaries. I don't even know if he knew who I was, but I certainly knew who he was. And I was watching him all the time. We, we were both upstairs. I don't know that there were any other radio stations up there. It was across, I was like right across from the media lounge. And it was like, you know, just, it was just teasing me because I didn't really have that many people that I'd met before, or had contacts with. But then you'd see like Bradshaw and these other people just sort of walking around right like 10 feet away. And I, I'm there by myself. Like I just sort of was looking at it. Chuck would have been maybe a hundred feet or more down to the right. He, I could see him the whole time. Uh, we never, I never introduced myself to him. I was sort of, you know, just not interested in that. I'm trying to beat him. And he's down there for some reason upstairs, but he was loud. And I was always worried that his show, our main competition was going to bleed into mine. Like it was just so, he, he was so loud, but you know, in a Chuck way, like that was just all, all totally him. And so here's the story. I think I've told this on the air a couple times, but I haven't even thought about it in many years. I think it's amazing. So so Chuck was a Bills assistant coach. He was notorious for comments he made before the Super Bowl against Washington that, you know, you, everybody can sort of take this for what it's worth. But, but the story goes, it fired up. He made fun of their linemen and the hogs and motivated Washington, and Washington dominated the game. And some have held their loss against him and whatever. So he gets fired, goes into radio, and took shots at Levy. Like, just, you know, of course. <laughs> that was very much his brand, was to rip Marv Levy. And Levy is the Bills coach for five or six more years after that. By 2001, he's been retired for a few years. So I doubt, I wasn't a listener, I doubt Chuck was spending much time ripping Marv Levy anymore. But um, anyway, that's how that's one thing I knew about him and his show is that, you know, he was he would be very tough on certain people. And so anyway, one one day that week at at the Super Bowl, I'm in a commercial. So is he. The clocks are always the same at all these stations, pretty much. So we're both in commercial and I'm just sort of doing what I was always doing, getting up, getting a bottle of water, looking down at him, see what's going on. He would have guests. That's pretty cool. They've got, you know, these good guests Uh, in, in this case. I told you how the I was right across from the lounge. He's just sitting there during a break, and here comes Marv up the escalator beyond where he was seated, and he's going to make the walk past Chuck, and then eventually to where I am. He doesn't know me. I don't think I I, I knew Marv a little bit, but I don't think he would have recognized me. Probably anyway. Doesn't that's not the point. Would have just sort of fell into that lounge across the way if that's where he was going, and. So I'm, I see Marv coming up the escalator. I'm like, oh. And then I look at Chuck, 
And then I look at Marv, and he starts to walk toward me, and Chuck gets, I look back at Chuck, he gets up out of his chair and just sort of like a, hey, toward Marv Levy, right? Like they've, they're have they best friends who've been separated for years. So just the biggest, friendliest, hey, Marv, something like that. And Levy turns to him and gives it right back to him and walks directly to Chuck, and they shook hands, if not embraced, like it was just this, you know, they're shaking hands, but you're patting the other guy on the shoulder with the other hand. It's sort of, it was like that. And it just, it just blew my mind that all of that had been said and, and um, was so much a part of his identity. Maybe if I'm, if I'm not overstating that uh, on the air. And then there was an encounter that I just happened to witness. And there couldn't have been many of these the way it looked. And we're in New Orleans. And they were just like best friends. And they talked for several minutes. You know, it seemed very cordial. I couldn't hear the conversation, but I just, I sat there going, trying to make sense of it. You know, I was just trying to make sense of it. But that's my favorite uh, Chuck Dickerson story was even before I met him, I just was sort of like in, in disbelief about this moment he had with Marv. But you know, like that can make you think, you know, if you're in broadcasting or any any job, I guess, it can make you think like, okay, well, what's real, right? I mean, this is show business, and and Chuck was a master in that in that way. Like, just he he would have callers who were kind of characters, and that wasn't sort of my style either. So <laughs> that was also a transition. Just um, he he was fun, and he was really good at this. No matter what anybody who was critical of kind of how far he would take things would say about him, he had a, just a genius sort of feel for how to do this, how to attract an audience, how to challenge them or, you know, be challenged, whatever, whatever. He was just really, really good at it. And then by the next year, he was gone. Um I, when I started, I was told like it was sort of getting close to the end for him and um, ended up that I didn't ever work with him again after the the week in San Diego, the following year from that story in uh, New Orleans. I always liked when I could impress him with something. And usually my easiest way of doing that was with my recall. Like I could remember one time, again, sitting right here, he was trying to think of a certain player and... You know, I was a kid. I collected cards and read magazines and, you know, of course, also watched games when I could. So I I knew a lot of names that really didn't mean anything to me. But he started to describe this one player. I'm like, oh, Doug English. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Defensive tackle from the Lions in the 70s. And Chuck was like, how the hell did you know that name? And I just loved when I could ever sort of impress him uh in any for any reason right because i always knew he wanted to go somewhere else and he had to make room for me and i will always be grateful for how uh how well he how well he made me feel uh doing that i want to tell you too about um how he's asking for donations to an animal shelter and i just want to i'll give you a when we come back, among other things, I'll give you that phone number. I want to honor him in that small way. And any, maybe any of his fans who are listening today who would like to uh, join me in making a donation to Chuck's charity here as he passed on uh, will will want to know that information. If anybody wants to remember him, I'm totally – that's where my head is uh, today. And, the fact, again, the fact that this all happened right where I'm sitting right now. Like almost every day. Well, we went to car dealerships a lot, but other than those days, pretty much every time we interacted was sitting when I was sitting right here. Very sad. Remembering Chuck Dickerson. We'll talk to Sal Capaccio, Chris Trapasso as well today. 803-0550 to call in. Bulldog is out today. Hopefully he'll be back with me tomorrow. This is Mike Shope on WGR. At the age of 61, Dickerson would rather be behind the mic than on the sidelines. I look at Marv Levy and he's gray and pale and he's tired and he just got a seven and eight record and I'm on his butt and everybody's saying, what are you going to do about this? No, I don't want to coach. I just assume be the guy saying, hey, Marv, why don't you try to win a couple? Speaking of the Bills, the coach doesn't like Marv Levy's game plan for the team and he lets everyone know it. You know that the important thing is to fight back against what Tokyo Rose has got to say, not to prepare for the Colts, and not to worry about a third down defense that is scary in the National Football League. He was an embarrassment to our organization. Marv Levy's tirade on his weekly show means the coach has reached his objective. Right in the nerve, baby, right in the nerve. (laughs) Wow. That's a long time ago, but... And before Chuck and I were uh, were partners, some of that stuff I think he put he put away, just to not make me nuts. But Chuck Dickerson, an absolute uh, legend in WGR's history. I mean, Rushmore, I think, uh, died at eighty six. He died three weeks ago. I just found out about it. There was a company email last night. I know, even though it's been a long time, uh, many of you go back to Chuck, and I wanted to remember my experience with him, uh, with you today, and um, maybe you'd like to do the same, remembering him uh, with me and our listeners. 803-0550 is the number. I'm Mike Shope. Bulldog is out today. 4 o'clock, Sal Capaccio from the Combine in Indianapolis. 5 o'clock, 
Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, all times Eastern. Here is Joe with us. Hi, Joe. Hi, Mike. You know, two things I seem to remember about Coach and one interaction I want to share. Okay. I remember him on the father, Friday before Father's Day always doing a special show yeah. where he encouraged people to call in and talk about their dads. Yeah. And I remember him always talking about show dogs and how he was into it, like the Westminster Kennel shows. Yeah. And I, I remember those two things. And then I had an interaction where I called in one day and I disagreed with what Chuck said. He countered. I said something back. Next thing I know, he's yelling at me, you big chicken, look at big man Joe. He ran away and he's got me on mute. I'm yelling into my phone, <laughs> I'm here. I didn't hang up. And he's laughing. Yeah, big man Joe ran away when he knew I was right. Years later, I see him at the Jim Rome thing at the state um, pilot field. Go up to him. I tell him the story. He just looked at me and laughed. He thought it was the funniest interaction. Yeah. No, that's that's right. I, I met – thank you, Joe. I met people who came up to him when I was sitting there, too, uh, with similar stuff. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a game to him. I mean, I wouldn't want to put it that lightly, but there definitely was a lot of show business to it. I mean, even listening to that clip, how quick he was, um, made him perfect for for that. It's a question of how far do you want to go, you know, when you're speaking about specific people. And I don't know, like, it's never been my uh, inclination, but there is sort of a courage to it. I'm not saying... You should want to do it necessarily, but you know, he, he was unafraid. I mean, that's really the point. Thank you, Joe. Let's go to Mike next. Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Hey, first off, I want to take my condolences out to everybody. For, uh, Chuck, I remember you and Chuck when I was running the dealership in the North towns. I'm not going to mention the name, mm-hmm. uh, but you guys, actually, I used to have you a lot. Jim Ball. And, uh, what's that? Jim Ball. Uh, there was, no, the North Town. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It, yeah. So so, so. anyways, uh, I remember talking to you, and I remember talking to Chuck, and, you know, Chuck always had to be right. <laughs> he always had to be right. And I, I what makes what I will remember for the for the rest of my life is when uh, the Bills stopped making the Super Bowls and they started falling apart a little bit. He used to call Marv Casper Milk Toast. Yeah. And that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that, that was freaking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're in, if you're into that, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but he used to say that all the time. I know. You know, well, and I, I'm a Marv Levy fan, you know, but I was also a Chuck Dickerson fan. He was fantastic on the radio. He was great, and I've always wondered where the hell he went. What happened? You know. Well, I I really don't know too much about his life after he left us. We were not like in touch after that. Um we Bulldog and I saw him in Jacksonville at the Super Bowl two years after he and I worked together. I think it was Patriots um, Eagles, and the first Patriots Eagles. And you know, we shared some laughs. He he was working, I, I believe he was working for maybe a station down there because uh, he was near us. 
but we didn't, you know, have dinner or anything like that. We just, it was really cool to see him after a couple of years. I didn't expect to see him again necessarily. So, uh, yeah, that, that was really my only interaction with him though, after, after he left us. Here is Sam next. Hi, Sam. Hey, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. My Chuck Dickerson memory is uh, the Minneapolis Super Bowl, our second one we went to, and we got there, and it was like minus 20 Fahrenheit, so you had to stay indoors. Thank God I had all these walkways and stuff. But every time you turned on the radio, no matter what station it was, it was his quote talking about the hogs and laughing, big hearty laugh, and – and then we got our butts kicked, and we stayed in the University of Minnesota dormitories, and it was like 90% Redskin fans. So they were just doing the Tomahawk Chop song all night long, and uh, we kind of blamed the whole thing on Chuck. But <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's... no hard feelings. The guy was awesome. Thank you for yeah. uh, giving him some tribute. You're welcome. Thank you. I I don't know what I would have felt then about his role in – that game, the lead up to that game, the way I remember it and the way I am now, it's not something I would have cared much about. You know, um, I'm sure I've had, I know I've had lots of different occasions since when it seems to be more of a hockey thing, but motivation, right? Like motivation in professional sports. Does one team want it more? You know, the kind of fluff movie cliche stuff that I just usually dismiss because like, if you are not motivated to play in the Super Bowl, what are we talking about? So did the outstanding offensive line of the 1999 Washington team reach a higher level? I don't know. I, I when I think of that game, I think of Steve Tasker who, when I got to know Steve, said once, and I think has said many times, that's the best team he's ever seen, or played against at least, is that 91 Washington team. And like that sort of was jarring to me at first, but I, I defer to <laughs> I, I respect his, his perspective on that. Um, I accept it. And uh, I can't, I, 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 don't, I choose not to believe that they would have been more beatable had Chuck not sort of slandered them. (laughs) But I guess it doesn't really help. Uh, All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Ray next. Hi, Ray. Hi, Mike. Boy, you two could not have been more opposites. Um, First of all, I have a couple bullet points. Thank you for sharing that story about Marv and Chuck. I, I never knew that. I thought it was bitterness to the end. So to hear that, the way you put it, really, uh, gives a nice warming healing at least perspective from my standpoint so right. i'm glad to hear that thanks uh, I, it's funny because i remember i followed you at your at your old station and when you had donna i can't even think of his name i don't want to say it wrong don donna and regeer and you had jim kelly and, and mike robitaille like that moderation probably wasn't, wasn't going to work with chuck and um I think at the, it worked out well for you in your career because i think at the time wasn't bulldog with um Tom Byerly in the morning, and maybe you guys were in the afternoon or evening. And yep. and I know um, Chuck really he he brought about an edginess that was a change in radio. As Buffalonians, we're coming off of Art Wander, or you know, you're entering the field, and and Howard Simon was at night, just calmness. And then they, you have this edginess 
that really, uh, unfortunately, attracted a lot of people. It made a lot of people upset, but it also, you know, gained some momentum. And uh, and finally, oh, I, I know. The other thing was I remember Chuck always saying on New Year's Eve that was his anniversary. That was something that stood out. Okay. And then finally, no, uh, no lie, a couple weeks ago, I had to explain to my family what the word bippy was. They, nobody's ever heard of the word. I heard that from the coach, you know, 30 years ago, 25 <laughs> years ago. And they're like, what's a bippy? And I, so I was thinking of him not too far off. So I'd explain that meaning of it. He would always, uh, he would always mention that. But right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the time. You're welcome. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I mean, um, for, for me... Working with him was so different than anything I was used to. I felt like I was kind of a solo artist, and I, I did, but I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just, I, I had, you know, I wanted to go to ESPN at that time in my life. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And I thought this was a pretty good, I knew by taking this job that I would get on, like, on weekends. Like, that was already sort of told to me. And so I did a really hard thing, leaving NSA, I loved it there. I was very proud of that. The people I got to know and work with, I, w- I really enjoyed it. And I had it kind of easy with the teams because I wasn't Chuck. Like, I didn't really have to be, I always look, when I look back on that, I think like, well, I wasn't really as nice as they thought I was. <laughs> but because I wasn't name calling and stuff, like, I think I sort of came off as the, the nice guy. And I, I don't really, that doesn't really, that's not who I want to be either. You know, I didn't want to be that either. So, all right, let's do this. And then it's to the moon. And within, I, I'm sorry to be talking about myself. I'll end it here. Like within three years, 
remember sitting here, I've told this story a lot. It was 2006, five or six. Watch, I'm, I'm hosting ESPN across the hall because I didn't always go there for those shows. It was a Saturday afternoon. I remember talking to J.J. Redick uh, that day, I think. And I would do a few th- shows over there. Like just point, I'm pointing across the hall as I tell you this. And the guys who worked here were in here watching the Sabres in Philadelphia. It was a Saturday afternoon game. They were good. It was, it was a, like 05, 06 would have been the season. And it was an important game, and they were good. It was all the fever about the team. And I'm over there hosting a national radio show, and I was jealous. Like I, I wanted to be in this room watching the game with my friends and my coworkers. And I think Mike Greer scored a goal in the final seconds of that game, or the winning goal. And if I remember right, the guys in here, there might have been four or five of them watching the game, just went crazy. And I was like, you know what? I want to. I, I don't really need this. And, and that was it. That might have been the last show I ever did. I just, I, I no longer had those aspirations. And I had Bulldog by then, and I was really comfortable working with him. And like this, I just got married. Like this, this is this is good. This is good. And that was 18 years ago, <laughs> right? So 24, carry the, yeah. By the way, I mentioned before, anybody who was a fan of Chuck's who wants to uh, show their respects, in the obituary, it says, in lieu of flowers, the family has asked that a donation in Chuck's honor be made to Orphans of the Storm Animal Shelter in Deerfield, Illinois, for information, call 847-359-8020. Orphans of the Storm Animal Shelter, Deerfield, Illinois, 847-359-8020. I'll make sure to give you that phone number again before we're done today. All right. Uh, Sal Capaccio coming up in 20 minutes. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is out today. This is WGR. Well, this is also terrible news. You, you know, just to tell you, I was one minute ago looking at the temperature. I'm like, I'm going to make some, you know, whatever point about how much colder it is than two hours ago. On uh, Twitter, you see what's happening, trending. You'll often see, it feels like to me, names of famous people, maybe older famous people. And you sort of, you know, you click on it to see like, Something bad happened, you know, but, oh, it's their birthday or no. Every, and then you have, who are these people that run these accounts? Like, oh, I, every time I do this, I feel like it's probably the end, but actually no. And they just go on and on about whatever. And this is not making any sense. I saw Richard Lewis's name under what's happening and clicked. I love Richard Lewis. Clicked on it and I just whispered to myself, oh, no. And it is actually true that he has died. Uh, Richard Lewis, maybe is the curb roll so outstanding that maybe like sort of like that's his, uh, most famous role in show business. I mean, a one of a kind stand-up comedian in the eighties, sure he, you know, has a wider range than just that decade. He was on a sitcom with Jamie Lee Curtis. This is a long time ago. I loved Richard Lewis. Uh, and that show is so great. Uh, he he was sick, I guess, and I didn't really thought about that or him in a while. But age seventy six, man, I'm just full of good news today. Uh, it is thirty degrees colder than it was this morning. They 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 said this was going to happen, right? You you, you were notified, 
that this would happen, but I just looked at driving in my car, whatever time, one thirty or something. Maybe it was earlier, but 59 degrees, and now it says 35. Did you dress for noon weather today or 4 o'clock weather today? I'm dressed for for, uh, for the warmer weather. I'm hot in here today. We had a meeting off-site, and so I dressed like I – yesterday I'm in here T-shirt and shorts, okay? that's Most days I'm wearing a T-shirt. Did put a little bit more effort into it today, not a lot, and I am just sweating in here, but at least when I go outside I won't – feel like I'm a child because I ignored the the warnings and the forecast. I'm going to talk to Sal Capaccio coming up in 10 minutes. There's lots of news from the Combine. It's more team news, free agency, franchise tag, speculation, uh, and items like this. The Jets, General, General Manager Joe Douglas of the Jets, said that the team has given Zach Wilson and his agent permission to seek a trade. And I might ask Sal this. I don't know how much Sal has on his mind about what else is going on there. I kind of want to just leave it to him to, to sort of tell me what kind of day he's had with all the different, all the GMs and all the stuff that happens at the combine. Um, Cause other than the bills, Brian Murphy or Byron Murphy from Texas is the only thing I have sort of noted here in terms of the bills so far today. I'll double check that before we go. Is, is Zach Wilson tradable? I think yes. I think now it's probably decent money, a number two overall pick. Maybe that uh, gets in the way, and I'm I want to know that before I settle in on this take that I think he maybe is tradable. Um, what is it going to be for Zach Wilson? There it is, eleven, eleven million. I take it back. I think eleven million dollars, like. Don't laugh. Money notwithstanding, I think a team like ours, Kansas City, one of these top teams, might have it in them to send a sixth sixth or seventh round pick if the Jets would take it for him just to see. Like, I don't know. I'm not optimistic for him. I'm not telling you that I think it would work. But some experience now, maybe enough talent where a team would want to would want to try it. $11 million. I mean, good luck to the Jets and his agent on that. Is some team going to trade for him? And like, and, and you, you spend that much, even if it is one year, the contract runs out, you spend that kind of money on a guy he doesn't need. You don't, you don't want him on your bench just as insurance. And even <laughs> now I'm sort of going the other way here because what kind of insurance policy is, is Zach Wilson? Anyway, lots of news from the Combine. Sal will join me after sports, and we'll catch up on some of it. Mike Shope here. Bulldog is off today. This is WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.